Our scripture reading today is from Exodus as well as Matthew. Exodus 20:15. You shall not steal. And Matthew 6:19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Christ. Thank you, Logan, for reading that. If you are seated out in the hallway or near people who are seated out in the hallway, we've had some seats open up in here if anybody wants to come back in. So, you shall not steal is a command that for some of us, I, I, this is one of those commands where I, I meet people sometimes who are so... Um, and I mean this in, in a good way, but are so righteously devoted to this command that the thought of even having to unpack it is, what's so hard to get about this? And I, I know other people who might be on the other end of a continuum who would say, this is a big struggle for me. Um, and, and we're not talking about holding up a liquor store or, you know, jacking a car but it's the idea of, this, of the title of this sermon, and that is Take and Keep Only What Is Yours. So, what is, what is stealing? Stealing is this. It's wrongfully taking something that does not belong to you. Why would we do this? I'll give you what I believe is the heart-level issue behind stealing, but the first thing I want to do is I want to set it up by just asking a question. What have you stolen? What have you stolen? I was talking with some people this week about this question, and we had to laugh at it a little bit and to say, well, how much time has to pass before I can admit to having stolen something? How much time has to pass before I can answer the question? I'm going to tell you about something that I stole as an adult. In fact, I was a pastor at the time. Okay? It's the way it is. Here's what happened. I was speaking at a conference in a sunny part of the country, and I didn't have any sunglasses, and the person who invited me to speak at the conference gave me his sunglasses. He let me borrow his sunglasses, and I wore them for the week. And when I got home, I had his sunglasses in my stuff. I had forgotten to give them back to him. When I was unpacking and I saw the sunglasses in my suitcase... I hoped that he wouldn't remember. And the reason that I hoped he wouldn't remember is because aside from those sunglasses, I didn't have sunglasses. Here's something you should know about me. I'm not a sunglasses guy. I don't wear them. I have some in my car right now. I never put them on. But for some reason... Having those sunglasses in my possession triggered this impulse in me to not want to return them. 
just so we're all cool, I've returned them. I, I sent them back, I returned them, I promise you I did that. But I just want to ask you, can you relate to what I just said? Can you relate to, what do you have in your possession that's not yours? Something you borrowed from somebody that you're kind of hoping they forget. Maybe it's money, maybe it's a tool, maybe it's whatever it is, a book, whatever. What do you have? And then how do you feel when you see that thing? See, we can approach this command as with all the others, with kind of the simple do's and do nots and just make them boxes to check. And we can assume that then there's something easy about this command. Or we can assume there's something that I need to reckon with in this command that hits me in my present day at a heart level. And it moves us from asking the question, what have I stolen, to asking a more complicated question, and that is, in what way am I a thief? In what way am I a thief? Why do people steal? Like, what's going on when somebody steals? Let me give you a few reasons. There are more, I'm sure. But let me give you a few that just jump out at me. Um, One reason we might steal is because we feel entitled to things that are not ours. I deserve to have this. Sometimes we steal because we just don't want to part with our money, you know? And sometimes we're settling a score. That's another reason we steal. This is the kind of thing that happens when, when Home Depot sells you a defective light bulb, and then the next time you go back into Home Depot, they actually give you back too much change, and in your mind, you're like, okay, it's a wash. We're even, Home Depot, right? Because you sold me a bad light bulb, now I'm keeping your money. There are some surface-level reasons. Those are some surface-level reasons, but I want to dig a little bit deeper into the heart issue here. Proverbs 19, Proverbs 9.17 knows something about us because that proverb says this, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Are there any sneaky eaters in the room? Anyone? I hear you laughing. If you're laughing, you know what I'm talking about. Sneaky eaters. There's a thrill in it. There's a thrill in stealing. It can be at the same time complicated but also intoxicating for some people. And it is a matter of the heart. And if that's true, then we're capable of stealing more than material things. What else are we capable of stealing besides sunglasses? Well, credit for another person's work. Um, A person's reputation through gossip. Attention. I want all eyes on me. I don't want eyes on anyone else. I want all eyes on me. Uh, we can steal to get ahead, this kind of entitlement attitude that presumes that we are in some way behind. And so my objective in life is to not be behind, but is to somehow figure out a way to get ahead. And so now we're getting to the heart of the command. And the heart of it is this. What do you believe that you need? What do you believe that you deserve? Where does your security rest? Because this is where the gospel transforms this command, making it not only about what we shouldn't take, but it makes it also about what we already have, what we already have in Christ. I think fundamentally the reason people steal, whether we're stealing reputation or we're stealing money or we're stealing opportunity or whatever it is, 
is because to steal is to live out of a deficit. It's to live out of a mindset that I am operating from a deficit. It makes so much sense that God would say to his people, don't live as though you're operating out of a deficit because you're just not. You're not. It's to believe that there are things that I need that I lack and that I deserve those things. And so any way that I obtain those things is valid. Where is this true for you? Where are you living out of a deficit? What do you believe you're entitled to that you don't have? What do you fear missing out on? What are your sunglasses? Jesus talks about this command in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 when he says, Logan read the passage, I'm going to read it again. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal and where the lenses crack. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, Jesus is unfolding this command on a heart level by asking, well, what do you treasure? What do you treasure? It's a revealing question. What do you feel like you have to have? What do you feel like you need? See, before stealing is an act of taking something that doesn't belong to you, before that ever happens, it's an act that is fueled by a conviction that there is something that you lack and something that you deserve. And Jesus tells us there are only two kinds of treasure in this world, those that exist in this life only and those that remain forever. And those who live out of a deficit are focused on how we rank in this world. Our focus is on the stuff of earth. And so all stealing involves treasures belonging to this world only, from sunglasses to reputations. But you can't steal what's eternal. You can't steal it. And the gospel then frees us from comparison and tells us, you have no deficit. You lack nothing. All I need and more I have in Christ. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. And the Spirit, this is from Romans 8, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God, and if children's then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That's what the gospel says to Christian people. If you are a Christian, you are an heir to the kingdom of God and a co-heir with Christ. So what could you possibly lack? And so when we look at life, at the life and ministry and the words of Jesus and how he spoke of his mission as one ushering in God's kingdom, to which by faith we're called to be heirs, we're, we're described as heirs, we see that the heavenly treasure that he's talking about is our inheritance. He's talking about our inheritance as citizens and, king, and children of the kingdom of God and nothing less than that. And so, in fact, when we boil it down, when Jesus talks of a heavenly treasure that this world cannot destroy, that is all-fulfilling and provides you with everything you need, he's referring to himself. He's saying, you have me. You have me. He's the treasure that our hearts were made to desire, but we try to fulfill that desire in other ways. And so here's the heart of the matter. 
Stealing is living as though we do not have what we need. When Christ is telling us that by his life and by his death and by his resurrection, we have all we need and more. Is this true? Because if it is, what does it look like to embrace the positive of this command? Imagine what it would look like if Christ Prayer's Cool Springs wasn't simply a community that didn't steal, but that we were, in fact, a community that wanted more than anything to live out of our abundance in Christ and call others into that same freedom. Imagine that. Imagine if we all understood the great wealth that we have in Christ and that it will never fade and it will never be destroyed and it will never be not enough. Imagine if we all lived and gave freely out of that wealth. It's awesome to think about because it means that we would be people who would know that we know that we know that the best things that we have to give others don't cost anything. They're free, grace and truth and encouragement. Let me tell you a story. I spent my 40th birthday in a hospital, and it wasn't the plan. I spent my 40th birthday, the week of my 40th birthday, with a bacterial infection in my heart, receiving the news that I was going to have to have open heart surgery. We had planned a birthday party that involved a fire outside, it involved maybe some bourbon, and it involved friends, and it was going to be great. And instead, I was in the hospital, hooked up to IVs, being given the news that I was going to have to carry this fanny pack around running IV antibiotics through my system for a month so that then I could go in and have my heart operated on and my chest cracked open. That's how I spent my 40th birthday. In the hospital, they do this thing where whenever they give you anything, from a Band-Aid to a shot to a meal, they say last name and birthday. And so it just, I, somebody would walk in the room and they'd say last name of birthday and I'd say Ramsey 51773. And this woman came in carrying my dinner, my birthday dinner. She's wearing scrubs, brought it in, set it on that table, you know the one that slides under and over the bed and you can get it right up there on you. And she says, name and birthday and I say Ramsey 51773. And she says, okay. And she starts to walk and she stops. And she turns around and she looks at me and she says, today's your birthday? It's your 40th birthday. And I said, yeah, it is. And she stopped and she, hand over hand like this, and she sang, happy birthday to me. And I wept. I mean, it's been eight years or so and I still weep when I think about that, because in a moment, she had something to give, and it cost her nothing, but she gave it, and it broke my heart in the best way, because here was a woman who was not operating out of a deficit. She didn't hate what she was doing for her job. The last thing she said as she walked out the door, she said, God bless you which is a shibboleth, right? It's a code. It's a code word. What she was telling me is I'm not living out of a deficit here. And she gave me this gift. And why did she give me this gift? Well, when she said, God bless you, it was a cue to me 
that she gave me this gift because she saw me as somebody that the Lord put in her path that day to do this sort of thing for. As she hands me my jello, you know? That story is the opposite of you shall not steal. Or I mean, it's, it's a fulfillment of you shall not steal. It's the opposite of stealing. It's the giving of yourself. The giving of yourself, the seeing of someone. I love when I tell that story because when I say she sang happy birthday to me, what happened here this morning in this room is what happens every time. And that's there's a, an audible gasp. Because you get it, Right? If we all operated on the belief that God has already given us all that we need in Christ, it's going to change the way that we live. It would change the way we encourage each other, not just celebrating victories, but helping to keep defeats even in perspective, which is what she did. It would change the way we pray for each other. I want you to rest in God's provision I don't compare myself to you. It would change the way we prepare to come to worship on Sunday mornings, asking the Lord in the hour before we get here, bring me to this room as an heir, expecting to savor a taste of your inheritance with my co-heirs. And let us remind each other of the abundance and the greatness and the beauty of that. Do not steal is one thing. Do not live out of a deficit is another. May God set us free from the love of things that don't last. And may he make us generous, extravagant in the things that never fade. Let's pray. Father, I thank you I thank you for that woman who brought me that meal that day. You give us that cryptic little verse in scripture that says that there are occasions where we may be entertaining angels unaware. And I do not know how often that occurs. But I wonder about her. I wonder because you ministered to me profoundly through that simple act of kindness. Father, we ask that you would help us, even as we look at a command like do not steal, prevent us from making it a small thing and help us to see the the greatness of the implicit command in there to live as people who are not operating from a deficit but are heirs to your kingdom, confident that we lack nothing. So even those things that moths and rust can destroy and thieves can break in and steal, even with those things, that we would see them in the right perspective. And we thank you for your kindness and your mercy. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.